So we came to the conclusion last week that doubting doesn't necessarily mean that you don't believe. Doubting is not a lack of belief. It's just that you're not quite certain. You feel uncertain about something that you've heard or that you've seen, and you lack conviction about it all. So a feeling of uncertainty or a lack of conviction. And we also looked in the dictionary at the word conviction. And the word conviction means a firmly held belief. So therefore, if you doubt that something is true, then you don't have a firmly held belief in that thing. You have a belief in it, but your belief is not totally nailed down. There's room in there in your mind for, you know, doubts and... and um, uh, uncertainties to creep in. So you're not totally convinced that this thing is right. Okay, you all remember that from last week, yes? Okay, yes, Angela. <laughs> so that's okay. We came to the conclusion that that was okay because there is some stuff in the world today that we should doubt, amen? We shouldn't take as gospel truth, amen? We should doubt some of the stuff that we hear and some of the stuff that we see. We looked at examples last week of, of the scams and the tricks that are in the world today. So it's wise to be cautious about some things that we hear and some things that we see. Because of all these scams and tricks that are in the world, there's always somebody ready to take something from you under false pretenses. So it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to have feelings of uncertainty. It's okay to have a lack of conviction about some stuff. But, as we talked about last week, it's not okay to have doubts or feelings of uncertainty when we pray. Amen. Yes, that's right. Praise God. Because when you pray and when you ask God for something or when you ask God to show up in your, in your life or when you ask God to do something for you or for your loved ones, your prayer needs to come with a firmly held belief. It needs to come with a conviction. It needs to come with an expectation that God is going to answer. Amen. We as believers need to be sure that when we ask something of God that's according to his will, that he will, beyond a shadow of a doubt, come true for us. Yeah. He will bring it to pass. So when it comes to God showing up and working in our lives, we can't have any doubt. Amen. When we ask, we have to believe. When we ask God to fix something or meet a need in our lives, we cannot have feelings of uncertainty. We cannot lack conviction. Yeah. We, you know, we can believe in God, amen, church, but we can still doubt that he will answer our prayers. That's true, isn't it? That is very true. We can believe in God, but still doubt that he will answer our prayer. You know, I've asked God now, but I don't know, maybe it's too much for him. Maybe I don't deserve it. Maybe, maybe he just won't come true this time. That's not the way to pray, amen? And we asked the two questions last week. When you pray, do you have doubts that your prayer will be answered? Or when you pray, are you convicted that I've prayed now and God is going to bring it to pass? It has to be that second one, doesn't it? When we pray, we have to be convicted that I've prayed now and God is going to bring it to pass. We can't have any doubt. We saw in the scripture in John chapter 1 and verse 6, it says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So when we ask for something and then go away and doubt whether it'll come to pass or not, we're just like the waves of the sea on a windy day. And the waves on the sea on a windy day are unpredictable, aren't they? So when we doubt whether or not God will answer our prayer, we're just like those unpredictable waves 
We're up one minute, yeah, this is going to come to pass. And then we're down the next minute saying, "Mm, well, maybe it's not going to come. We don't know where to turn, is that right? But when we turn to God in prayer, when we turn to God for our answer, we need to turn in faith. There is no room for doubt. Jesus is very clear about that. We saw that last week. We looked at the account in Matthew chapter 21 of Jesus cursing the fig tree, do you remember? And he, you remember the, the disciples marveled. The fig tree was there one minute, it was, it was withered up and had died the next minute. And Jesus said in verse 21, so Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly as I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt. Well done, Simon, do not doubt. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Do not doubt. They're words from the very mouth of Jesus. Amen. Jesus goes on to tell the disciples in the next verse, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Amen. Whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Believe and you will receive. Jesus said it. So church, I encourage you this morning, do not let doubt undermine your belief. Jesus said, whatever you ask in prayer, believing, but if you doubt, you're going to undermine your belief. Amen. If you undermine your belief, you're doubting. Amen? You're doubting by undermining your belief. I don't know if I said that right. Do not let doubt undermine your belief. And as we said last week, that's not always easy. Because, you know, sometimes when we pray, circumstances cause us to doubt. What people say might cause us to doubt. You know, past experiences might cause us to doubt. Fear can cause us to doubt. The magnitude of our request, that can cause us to doubt. You know, maybe this is just too big for Jesus. When we pray, we need to pray with confidence. Church, nothing is impossible for God. We just have to fight our doubt, amen? We have to remind ourselves that God is bigger than any problem we can face. He has the answer to every situation, and he's not limited to how he can answer us. We looked, remember, we looked at the account in Mark chapter 5 of Jairus. Remember Jairus came and threw himself at Jesus' feet, asking for his daughter to be healed? He says in Mark 5, verse 23, and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. You know, when Jairus came to Jesus, the Bible says he begged him earnestly. Jairus prayed in earnest. Do you know what the word earnest means? It means showing sincere and intense conviction. Sincere and intense conviction. Do you remember we said doubt means lack of conviction? So Jairus came and he prayed earnestly with intense conviction. So Jairus had no doubt that Jesus could do what he was asking him to do. Amen. He came, he threw himself at Jesus' feet with sincere and intense conviction. No room for doubt. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jairus sincerely and intensely believed that Jesus could heal his daughter, and he made his request with conviction. And what happened? Jesus went with him. Amen? Jesus went with him. There was no doubt. And remember, we said really quickly on the way then, they encountered this woman. Do you remember she reached out and touched Jesus' garment? Why does she reach out and touch Jesus' garment? Because she's been sick for 12 years. But you know what? She's just as firmly convicted as Jairus was that Jesus could heal her. 
So she says in Mark 5, 28, first she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She didn't say I might be made well or I might be made well next year. I shall be made well. She's just as convicted, amen. This woman is so confident that this is where her answer lies, that she reckons she just has to touch his clothes. And she does. And she's healed. Amen. And in the meantime, now, we can't, if you want to read the story yourself for time's sake, they're coming from Jairus' house and they're telling him, it's too late, the child's already died, don't bother Jesus anymore. Jairus has come to Jesus with such confidence, amen. He's asked Jesus with such conviction, but now he's been told it's too late. The doubt, remember we said last week, starting to knock on the door of his heart, amen. What does Jesus do? Mark 5, 35. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? What does Jesus do? As soon. Everybody say, as soon. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Jesus knew. Do you know something? Jesus is amazing. Amen. Jesus knew. I speak Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets. You were singing that this morning and I saw Jesus on Slaney Street. I saw Jesus on Castle Street here. I saw Jesus in the market square. Let's speak Jesus from the streets. Amen. Jesus knew that there was potential here for Jairus to begin to doubt. So he got in there. He knew the doubt was already starting to knock on Jairus's heart. So he got in there really quick. He steps in immediately and he says, don't yield to it, Jairus. Don't yield to it. Just believe. Just believe. And he travels on to the home of Jairus and he heals his daughter. When you go to God in prayer, guys, go with confidence. Amen. Don't let doubt undermine your belief in what Jesus can do. When the doubts come knocking, and they will, they will. We saw it in King of the Hill. They'll come knocking. Amen. Keep that door firmly shut. Amen. Just like we saw on the clip, the enemy will do everything. He'll knock at the door. He'll call you on the phone. He'll try to get into your garage. Amen. He'll tell you all the things that he wants you to hear. Why? So that you'll open the door to doubt. God answers prayer, church. He is faithful. And when you ask God according to his will, he will answer. Amen? He will answer. John chapter 14 and verse 13 says, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. These are the very words as well of Jesus himself. Amen? Do not doubt, he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. God is in the business of answering prayers. If you ask anything of God that is in his will, he will answer. Amen. He said he would. He's just told us in that scripture that he would. He is capable of doing what you need him to do. James chapter 1 and verse 6, as we said last week, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Jairus asked with conviction. He firmly believed that Jesus could do it. The woman with the issue of blood touched Jesus' garment with conviction. She firmly believed that Jesus could do it. And they both received their answer. Amen? So today we just want to look at another, another person in Scripture who goes to Jesus with conviction. Are you ready? Are you all caught up now? Are you sure? So we're praying with no doubt. We're praying with 
confidence. Amen? Okay, so in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5, Matthew 8 and verse 5, says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. No, no sweat. I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Don't you love this guy? For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Don't you love this? This man is so confident that Jesus can heal his servant, he doesn't even need Jesus to come to his house. Amen. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. It's like, speak the word, Lord. That's conviction, isn't it? That's conviction. That's being certain. That's a firmly held belief. That's an intense conviction, isn't it? Just say the word. Just say the word. And even Jesus himself marveled at this. Just say the word, Lord. I want to have that conviction when I pray. Just say the word, Lord. And then I want you as a church to have that conviction when you pray. Just say the word, Lord. Amen. Verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith, and his answer was, go your way. As you have believed, let it be done for you. Jesus marveled, as you have believed. Jesus is saying, you believe for this, you've asked for this without doubting, so now let it be as you have believed. This man asked something of Jesus, and he asked with such conviction. He didn't allow doubt in. He believed that Jesus could do what he was asking him to do. This is good, church. Amen. Amen. This is good stuff. Amen. When Jairus came to Jesus about his daughter, he asked Jesus to come and lay hands on her, that she would be healed and she would live. Do you remember? But the centurion has a different approach. He's like, only speak the word, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. He didn't even need Jesus to come to his house, as we said. He knew that a word from Jesus and his servant would be healed. And Jesus said, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. You know, Jairus asked for him to come to the house and he went to the house. The centurion said, just speak the word. And Jesus just spoke the word. Jesus did what he was asked to do. Amen. Jairus asked for laying on of hands. The centurion said, just speak the word. And that's what Jesus did. And neither approach was wrong. You need you to see that this morning. None of the approaches were wrong. They were both looking for the same outcome, somebody that they loved to be healed. But what we want you to see is that even though they both asked in different ways, they all asked with confidence, amen? They asked for confidence and neither man doubted. They asked with conviction knowing Jesus could do it. They asked in earnestness with intense conviction knowing Jesus can do this, amen? amen. Did you notice neither man tiptoed up to Jesus? Neither man sneaked up behind. Neither man came on shore or wondering, would Jesus do this for me? 
They both came with confidence. And they both came with confidence knowing, number one, that Jesus could do it. Number two, that Jesus wanted to do it. And number three, that Jesus would do it. Amen. And that's how we need to come in prayer. We need to be like that. When we ask for God for something, we need to know, yes, he can do it. Yes, he wants to do it. And yes, he will do it. Amen. No doubting. No doubting. Amen. There's no room for doubt. Keep the door shut to the doubt. Amen. Jairus knew that if Jesus came and laid hands on his little girl, she would live. How did Jairus know that? He's a ruler in the synagogue. He knows the Torah. Amen. He knows the word. Amen. He would have known. Do you remember our bestie from last year, the Shunammite woman? I love that woman. Remember her little boy died in her arms? What did she do? She brought him upstairs, laid him on the bed, came out, shut the door and went and got Elisha. And Elisha came back. Remember, he laid his body on the child and the child lived. Jairus knew this, amen. We need to know the words. When you know the word, you know Jesus will answer, amen. We need to know the word. But what about the centurion then, you ask? Sure, he was a Roman. He definitely wasn't a ruler in the synagogue. He wasn't even a Jew, amen. How did he know that Jesus could do it? How did he know that Jesus could heal his servant? The centurion knew about authority, amen. If there is anything soldiers know, it's authority, Amen. He had a hundred soldiers under him and he was also under authority. He was under the the authority of Caesar. Okay. So wherever he went, he brought Caesar's authority with him. Amen. If a member of the Garda Shikana walked in the door there this morning in his uniform, we would know that he came with authority. He came with the authority of the Taoiseach. Amen. He knew authority. The centurion knew authority. He knew authority and he saw that Jesus brought authority, amen? He recognized that Jesus brought God's authority. The centurion recognized authority. The centurion knew that Jesus was coming with the authority of the almighty God. He knew Jesus had power. He knew that Jesus could do what he wanted him to do, amen? The centurion knew that if he just asked Jesus, Jesus would say the word and his servant would live. He recognized the authority, amen? Church, we need to recognize the authority, amen? We need to know the word and we need to recognize the authority, amen? God has authority. Jesus has authority over sickness. He has authority over darkness. He has authority over fear. He has authority over anxiety. He has authority over depression. He has authority over everything that will name itself against us. When we pray, we need to remember that we're asking the one that has the authority, amen? He can do it. But Jairus and the centurion had the firmly held belief that Jesus would heal their loved one. They just asked for it differently. One asked for laying on of hands. The other said, just say the words. Amen. As we said, Jairus came with confidence, asking with conviction, firmly believing. The centurion also came with confidence, asking with conviction, firmly believing. And what was Jesus' response to both men? Answered prayer. Amen. Answered prayer. Church, what are you asking for today? What are you praying for today? What is your prayer? Whatever you're asking this morning and in your future prayers, ask with conviction. Amen. Knowing that Jesus will answer. He's done it before. He'll do it again. Amen. He has the authority to do it. When you pray, do not doubt. And when you have prayed, don't answer the door to the doubt that's going to come knocking. Amen. 
It will come knocking. I'm tell- I promise you it will. Just don't open the door. Amen. Be like Hank. Stand firm. Amen. Do not open that door. God is faithful. He answers prayers. Let that sink in today. Amen. God answers prayer. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All the promises of God are yes, amen. Yes, if you read this passage through, Paul is telling us, he's trying to show us that, you know what, we as people, we change our minds all the time. We say yes and then we say no. But God doesn't change his mind. He says yes, amen. He says yes. When we pray in his will, God's answer will always be yes. He doesn't say yes and then say no. He's faithful, amen. God is faithful. His answer is always yes. So if you are praying anything to do with the promises of God, know that his answer is yes. Do not doubt that. When you have that in mind, don't doubt, amen. Do not doubt. Do you mind if I read another passage of scripture to you? Enda said to me last night, you have a lot of scripture in there. I'm just so spiritual, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to read it to you from the Passion Translation because this, to me, this is going to blow your minds, okay? It blew my mind. I reckon it's going to blow your minds because you're more intelligent than me. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. So I'm reading from the Passion, right? Way to go, Dane. As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray, and as night fell, he was praying alone. But the disciples, who were now in the middle of the lake, ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed about by high winds and heavy seas. About four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, a ghost. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid, I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Come and join me, Jesus says. So Peter stepped out into the water and began to walk towards Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Are you watching? Are you ready? Do you have your safety belt on? You're going to need your belt on for this one. Verse 31. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, What little faith you have? Why would you let doubt win? I was like, that's dropped the mic. Can I drop the mic? (laughs) That's a drop the mic time, isn't it? Why would you let doubt win? Doubt will undermine your belief, amen? Jesus was right there, amen? He told Peter to come. He said, come and join me. Peter could see him. Peter could hear him. Peter said, Jesus, come ahead. But you see, the waves were a bit high. Doubt, you know? The lightning was lighting up the sky a bit too much. Doubt, amen? The wind was blowing a bit harder than he would have liked. Doubt. The thunder maybe was a bit noisier than he would have liked. The doubts were knocking, amen? Even though he had Jesus right there in front of him and he had asked Jesus and Jesus had said, come, but still, the words came from the very mouth of Jesus, but Peter still let the doubts in. As Jesus said, he let the doubts win. When we ask God for something or when we ask God to move in a situation, don't let the doubts win, amen? What little faith you have, why would you let the doubt win? You know, when I read this, I thought it was so good. 
When we allow doubt in, it undermines our belief and it, the doubt, we let the doubt win, don't we? As we said last week, when we doubt, we run the risk of stopping God's power moving. That's serious, guys. When we doubt, we run the risk of stopping God's power moving. You remember after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples and they were frightened? In Luke chapter 4, and while they were still discussing, verse 36, while they were still discussing all of this, Jesus suddenly appeared right in front of their eyes. Startled and terrified, the disciples were convinced they were seeing a ghost. Standing there among them, he said, be at peace. I am the living God. Don't be afraid. Why are you so frightened? Don't let doubt enter your hearts. Church, don't let doubt enter your hearts. Amen. Don't let it in. Don't let doubt win. Amen. When Jesus appeared to the disciples that time, don't let doubts into your heart. Remember? When he appeared to them, Thomas wasn't there. Remember? You notice from scripture, Thomas wasn't there. So when the disciples said to them, We've seen the Lord, he didn't believe them. Amen. So the next time Jesus appears, Thomas is there. Jesus is so good, isn't he? He's so good. John chapter 20, verse 26. I promise you this is the last piece of scripture. Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others were in the house together. And even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them. Even though all the doors were locked, Jesus was still able to get into the house. Jesus can do anything, amen. Peace to you, he said. Then looking into Thomas's eyes, he said, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Here, put your hand in my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer just believe. Don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. And I love what verse 28 says. It says, then the words spilled out of his heart, you are my Lord and you are my God. Thomas got the revelation, didn't he? Thomas got the revelation. And Jesus responds to Thomas, now you've seen me, you believe, but there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts and they will be blessed even that's us. We haven't physically seen yeah. Jesus, amen, but we believe in our hearts, amen, and we will be blessed even more, scripture says. Don't give in to your doubts any longer, church, amen. Don't let the doubts win, amen. He is your Lord and your God. He loves you. He wants the best for you. As we sang this morning, why would he fail now? He won't. He won't, amen. Don't let doubts undermine your belief. Pray with conviction. Firmly believe when you pray. Pray earnestly. Amen. Do not doubt.